and welcome back to the Tune In Podcast. Doing well today, episode 17. Yeah, it's so good to be back after a week. It's only been a week, but yeah, yeah, always a long week. week. Yeah. (laughs) How are you doing? Doing good. Doing good. It's a tough week for for our team. Yeah. I don't know. Personally, it's been fun still with going through school and watching some basketball. Oh, yeah. We invite you to hang on because the jazz season is mm-hmm. going to probably get worse before it gets better next year, of course. So, but we're Hey, we're looking to, towards the future, though. Yes, yeah, so we're going to we're going to hang with our boys, rain or shine, win or lose. Mm-hmm. We're going to roll with the jazz. We got just an like, exciting episode today. Just like all you fans out there, I'm sure the same way. Yeah. Gonna stick with it. Yeah, we got an exciting episode today. We're going to talk about our last week's games, of course, kind of a rough mm-hmm. one. We're going to pick our player of the week. We got one game this week because of All-Star Weekend. And we got a couple of uh, things to talk about with All-Star Weekend. And, of course, we're going to talk about the Jazz Pick situation. Mm-hmm. We're going to help you sort it out. We've sorted it out ourselves after some work. Yep. So we're going to help us understand where the Jazz are moving, what we can do to be better. Yeah. I don't know about you, but... I did not understand the picks yeah. at all. So hopefully we can give you, you all some clarity on what picks we actually have and what we yeah. got. Protections and swaps make things very complicated Uber sometimes. complicated. So. I'm sure we won't know everything, but we'll try yeah. and understand it a little better. Yeah, and uh, and then we're going to talk some NBA trade talks, and uh, we're excited to get in into some awesome stuff with you today for the Utah Jazz. Amen. We're excited to get into it. Um, if you're watching on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcast, um, give us five stars and share with your friends. Um, we're trying to grow um, this podcast a little bit more. We've been going for a few months now, and we, we'd love to share this with more jazz fans so we can be able to hear more of your thoughts. And also follow us on Instagram. We're still growing that page. Um, it's called Tuned in Jazz, and feel free to comment on there your questions or your comments about this episode. Um, and go ahead and watch our past episodes too. Um, last week um, was a big um, podcast about the trades the Jazz made, and we really broke those down. So if you're looking um, to hear about those trades and understand them better, um, go back to our last episode and when we talked about that. But with that, let's let's get into the games this week. Um, three losses, not yeah. the most exciting Four. for fans, right? But it's okay. Um, we knew that after those trades, there's going to be some gelling and some learning that's going to happen. And so I think it makes sense that we, we lost the last couple of games. Well, how are you feeling about it? Yeah, it's rough. That's, I mean, when you trade two of your most you could argue productive guys, Olenek and Fontecchio, added a lot of value role-wise. Mm-hmm. It's kind of what you're asking to happen, so I guess the Jazz are getting what they bargained for as of right now. Yeah, definitely. And we we went up against some hot teams. I know yeah. a lot of people, I including ourselves, we've kind of put a little bit of pressure on the Lakers and Warriors, and yeah. they did not have a great start to the season, but both of these teams are playing really really well in the last week or two so we definitely played them at the wrong time yeah and i don't care what anybody says about like 
I know these teams have a lot of drama just naturally, but mm-hmm. these teams are teams you don't want to meet up with in the playoffs, I'm convinced. so. Oh, definitely Unless not. Unless you're the Nuggets, then you're for fine playing the Lakers because you'll sweep them probably, just like last year. But <laughs> everybody else struggled with the Lakers last year, so when they're healthy, they're going to get you. Yeah, LeBron's not messing around. He's trying nope. to get as many rings as possible. Yep. And um, let's go ahead and dive into the Warriors game last Monday. Um, this this is a little while ago, right? So we're trying to remember and, and dive into. We also played the Warriors on Thursday, but we'll get into that mm-hmm. later. Um, but for this game um, by itself, um, just, I don't know, it wasn't the best best game for defense, no. I would say. We gave up 128 points, and yeah. uh, we we definitely got the wrong clay. He was, he was doing well this game. Yeah. Steph was doing his thing. I don't know what else do you think about this team. Yeah, I think something that stood out to me, looking at the box score doesn't look too terrible, but Larry Markinen doesn't have a lot of bad shooting nights. I, th- I kind of think yeah. this might have been one of the first ones where I was like watching the game and I was thinking, man, he's not shooting well tonight. But he was 8 for 17. I guess that's not horrible looking at it at the end, but it didn't seem like it in the moment. Like He was just struggling to get his shots. But the Warriors are really good at being versatile defensively and guys like Draymond obviously yeah. make a difference. Yeah, definitely. I actually think you might be looking at the other game. I think he was three for seven in the first one, but I think he's eight for seven. Oh yeah, I got him mixed up. Yeah, you're but right. I he definitely had a hard shooting night that game. This game, three for seven, that's that's okay, right? Yeah. Eight for seventeen overall, so he shot like about fifty percent. So he wasn't too bad in the first game. Yeah. Um, but I definitely get that. Um, I think every single time I'm going to point out the turnovers. I think that some of that has to do with um, the fact that we're young um, and our play style is kind of fast and a lot yeah. of passes. Mm-hmm. Um, 17 turnovers, come on. All right, we. I think that's one thing I'm going to watch the rest of the season is to see if we keep around the 16 to 18 turnover range per game or yeah. if we kind of start to drop. Um, but it'll be interesting. Yeah, it's a little rough. Our whole starting lineup had... Two or three, just uh, except for Larry, of course. Mm-hmm. Kind of a rough go. Keontae wasn't great either. Yeah, but, I mean, he's, he, he's a guy who, like, we're obviously... He's been in the starting lineup, but now it's, like, all the weight. Not all of it, but a lot of the weight is on him. Younger right. guys we're trying to develop, so... It's good to pressure test him. Obviously, didn't work out this game, but... We know how yeah. it ended I mean, game. yeah, they had a great shooting night, so yeah, it's a tough game. Um, I, you had a tweet. Oh yes, um, so Andy Larson, if you follow him on Twitter, he's a great follow for Jazz News. Of course, I believe he writes for the Tribune. I could be wrong about that, but he he's a sports writer, covers the Jazz. And after this game, he said that might be the single most frustrated locker room I've ever seen after a regular season game. It's not because just about tonight, it's about where the team is for the rest of the season. So, not what you want to hear if you're a Jazz fan. Obviously, rebuilding's no fun. Losing on purpose, quote-unquote, is no fun. But uh, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think uh, that's something we can get over, or is that just going to be the rest of our season? We... I think we're going to get over it eventually. Yeah. The beginning of this season was the exact same way, exactly. arguably, right? 100%. And we kind of started to figure out our rotations. Guys figured out their role. 
and we started playing a little bit better. I also think the Jazz have already shown that their organization is good at developing players. Yeah. Like, Fontecchio came out of nowhere. Royce O'Neal's now a rotational player everywhere he goes. Mm-hmm. Um, he was nothing until he came to the Jazz. Um, we developed Gordon Hayward into an all-star. Donovan Mitchell had great team around him to th- develop into the player that he is today. Yeah. Um, some of that might be due in part to just Donovan being an amazing player wherever he goes. Yeah. But I do think the Jazz um, do well at developing players and developing a team culture and so I think it's just going to be gelling periods it might be the rest of the season where we're gelling and next season we come back um, ready to go Um, but I think just to kind of stay patient and don't let losses get you to give up on the team right don't let these losses affect your your mindset going into the future yeah absolutely I 100% agree that's that's a hard thing as an organization to tell your players I mean, I know technically the Jazz aren't saying you're not allowed to tank in the NBA. We get that. But, like, but also, like, you send a clear message when you made those trades what you wanted the rest of the season to be. Like, you weren't making trades to improve the team right now. You were making trades to improve for the future. And so that's a hard thing to tell your players, mm-hmm. basically, that, you know, you don't care about the rest of the season. <laughs> yeah. We're, we don't want to win now. We yeah. want to win in three years. Okay. <laughs> And so how do you as a player lock in when that's kind of your expectation? But but I really think we do have a good group of guys. Like, Lowry has said that he wants to be here in Utah. It seems like he likes Utah itself, which is, like, a big mm-hmm. bonus because not a lot of star players He wouldn't play be – the cold wouldn't affect him. Right? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, <laughs> He's used to that. It's, like, home for him a little. Yeah. And, uh, guys like Keontae are getting opportunities here that he might not get other places. So – Hopefully these guys like Utah enough and they're excited enough about the future that they're it's not going to affect them too much long term with the organization. Mm-hmm. That that would be my big worry, but yeah, if I were one of those guys that maybe weren't seen as the future of the Jazz, I might be a little worried yeah, like if doubt. I'm THT or I'm like yeah. Uh even some games Walker Kessler, it's hard to yeah. see if he's part of the future or not. I think right now I'd still say he is, Yeah. but it's kind of hard to say. Um, so I don't know. If I'm not one of those guys, I might be a little worried, but yeah. I think you just got to keep coming together. It's so interesting that Jordan Clarkson seems so – like it seems like he loves Utah too. He's had like, his best years here. If I was him then I was looking at like the timeline and I'm thinking like the Jazz probably won't be competitive at least for a championship or playoff-wise for – two years at least maybe uh, maybe play next year I don't know but but if I'm him and I'm looking at the stage of the career I'm in I'm like oh man do I fit this mm-hmm. timeline but he he seems to love it here and he's always just got a good attitude plays yeah. well plays hard so. I think he's maybe the type of player that maybe he doesn't care as much about winning he just cared about getting his bag that's true and he did that that's true and so i think as long as he's got that contract i think he's chilling yeah i'm happy for him too he deserves it yeah and i mean i think it's a pretty team-friendly contract but he's still still getting a decent amount of money but anyways also in this warriors game we actually never led in the second half yeah so it is pretty straight domination from them for most of the second half we never led but let's get into the Lakers game. Kind of similar vibes, yeah. I'd say. Did you know, uh, so Rui Hachimura, 
I, he had like 35 plus in this game, right? Mm-hmm. And Anthony Davis also had a monster game with 35, 35 plus. They're the mm-hmm. first to do on the Lakers duo to have 35 or more for two players since Kobe and Shaq. How do you feel about that? Wow, that's actually interesting. That's cool. I I wouldn't have. I mean, obviously, Rui Hachimura is like the. That's his career high. One of the too, last right? players I would expect <laughs> to be with Anthony Davis on that. You know, like I could see, obviously, LeBron or Reeves or even, Russell or even Russell. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy though. I mean, yeah, that's cool. Anthony Davis had a monster game. Thirty-seven and fifteen yeah. is wild. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't even realize how many points he had till they <laughs> yeah. said it in the game. He was just e- easily drawing fouls. He had ten free throws. Yeah. And even Walker Kessler couldn't stop him in the paint. Yeah. I was I was going to mention this. I was trying to find the graphic. Did you see those numbers that came out about star players resting? There were some stats that came out about it. Mm-mm. So there was somebody put together the numbers of star players resting on away games and where it happened the most. And Utah was number one on that list. And by, by a pretty large margin, I think Denver was second. Which makes sense, both elevation, you know. <laughs> I but think it, LeBron has a bad record in Utah. Yeah, too. And I, he, I don't know the exact losses. record, but he hasn't won very much in the past 10 years. Yeah, I think earlier, one of our early episodes, we talked about that. But it's interesting, like, you, you know, obviously LeBron rested here. I don't even th- I don't even think I saw him on the sideline. He probably didn't even travel with the team. I Maybe. think he was there. Was I, he there? Okay. I don't Maybe know for sure, but I'm pretty sure I saw him. But uh, kind of interesting. Yeah, obviously no Braun, but it didn't seem to slow them down too much. He didn't play us. the last game either. I'm, I'm, yeah. I feel for those Jazz fans that paid a pretty penny to see LeBron. Yeah. But so you have to go to hey, LA to watch him. I, I mean, guess. he's been playing 21 years. You could have seen him before. So. Yeah. <laughs> but... Yeah, no, I thought it's just, again, the Jazz make role players look like all-stars, yeah. and Rui Hachimura is a good example this time. But yeah. I do think that we need to improve, like, our defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe outside of Chris Dunn. I still think Chris Dunn, I'm happy with his defense. Yeah. But some of the other players, I would lo- like to see a little bit more uh, mobility around screens, not leaving people open, closing out a little bit faster. Yeah. Um, there's just too many open shots, and just getting stuck on screens is really mm-hmm. annoying. Um, Keontae had a couple plays in this game where he was really fighting around screens. Yeah. And he got called for a couple fouls because Anthony Davis is a brick wall. He's pretty oh, hard to get around. Absolutely. And so I, I don't know. I like to see that a little bit from Keontae. Let's keep that up. Yeah. Keep fighting around those, even if you get called for a foul or two. Try and play the good defense that you can. Yeah. I actually, I know we just talked about Anthony Davis' monster game, but I actually thought Walker Kessler played really well defensively against him. Like, at certain points, I was very impressed. Three blocks, but obviously he didn't, like, slow him down at all. But... But he it, tried. He I tried. was impressed with how he put up a fight a little. Like there was some. He didn't foul out. Yeah, absolutely. So and that's hard to do. A lot of people do like that. Anthony Davis, yeah. So I thought he played well defensively. Spencer Dinwiddie's looking like a nice piece for the Lakers. Yeah. Ten points off the bench, yeah. but he played like twenty-seven nice minutes and thirty minutes in his debut. Yeah, that's nice when you have a guy who can get ten points off of only like six shots. Like <laughs> he doesn't need a ton of yeah. shots to. Put a couple in this up. game, the Jazz never led in the fourth quarter either. Yeah. So kind of similar to the Warriors game, but it's hard to win a game when you go into the fourth quarter down by down by thirteen. Yeah, 
because you know you got to go on a big run in, mm-hmm. that, in that last period. But yeah, um, we saw Bryce Sensabaugh in this game just for a couple just real minutes. Briefly. Got a nice and one. Mm-hmm. Not, not too bad. But Chris Dunn was dunking on people. Yeah, that's true. I did see <laughs> that. Was that was pretty awesome. fun. <laughs> cool, cool. And then uh, we went and played the Warriors again. I wonder if the Warriors stuck around. They probably did, I guess. <laughs> I would guess. Yeah. yeah. Kind of interesting. Uh, we let them drop 140 as well. Similar theme. Jazz not playing a lot of defense right now, unfortunately. It's tough. Do you want to get into the end of the game just right, right out of yeah, the gate? Yeah, let's do. Okay. We almost had them. Yeah. Did you, were you watching that live that last period? Um, How was your fan experience that last Uh, minute of the game? What was going through your minds watching this? I I honestly thought we had them, but uh, that was rough. We had a few chances. Yeah, especially the throwaway at the end. You want to, I don't know if you could guess, I was on Reddit. I'm trying to see what jazz fans are saying about different games. They always have like a thread after. Mm Mm-hmm. But what do you think, like, the, the number one comment about this game was? Or do you have any guesses? Was that about that turnover at the end? Yeah. Well, it was everyone wanted Will Hardy to call a timeout when oh. John Collins got the rebound and they threw it away. That's a good point. Um, we had two timeouts, so it was oh, easy. Yeah. And then even after yeah. the game, Will Hardy was asked about that in the press conference, and yeah. he said that he's going to think about the last minute of game situations for the next five days and prepare. Interesting. <laughs> That's what he said. So he, I think he, he's though. taking full accountability. He knows yeah. he should have called the timeout there, and he's. I think he's going to prepare for future games um, yeah. to be ready for that kind of thing. Yeah. That's interesting. I didn't even think about the timeout thing. I kind of just assumed we didn't have any. I wasn't paying attention to that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Sometimes like teams like the Warriors, like Steve Kerr is such a good coach. Like you really don't yeah. want to give him like time to set up their defense. But well, but it, but yeah. Especially when they're only up by one point, it's not like when we we're playing the Sixers where they could just foul instantly. Yeah. Um, they can't foul, so we've yeah. got a couple options. Yeah. With that foul would, or not a foul, a timeout would have been nice there. Yeah. Yeah, but we, we had a few chances. I mean, Markinen could have got, taken us up by two. He missed mm-hmm. that three-pointer, and John Collins threw it away. I don't know if I was looking at the highlights, and Collins Sexton was wide open on yeah. the top of the key. John Collins could have hit him. Another open shot mm-hmm. didn't happen. And then we got the ball back with, like, two seconds, down mm-hmm. by three after some free throws. And Colin Sexton had a wide open shot in the corner that he missed. Yeah. And so we could have gone to overtime or won the game, depending on what if a couple of shots went in. Yeah. So I don't know about you, but I I feel like um I'm still happy with the way that this team was resilient and came back and didn't it was different from the last two where we, we went down in the first court first and second quarter and we didn't come back. They led the rest of the game. But this game, we came back and we fought. So I, I was happy about that, at least. It's starting to build some character, this team. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They um, Yeah, it's easy to blame, you know, obviously the turnover, but we had plenty of opportunities to win the game, you know, like yeah. you said. Um, and honestly, like, Clay Thompson, I think it was his first game on the bench since his rookie year, I, I heard. Yeah. 35 points he had off the bench. 
And the fact that we can survive that, plus, like, their starters played pretty decent. Draymond had a really good game. Steph wasn't crazy hot this game, but um, but our our guards came to play. Colin Sexton, Keontae George, holy cow. <laughs> they almost both had 35. I know. Game. It was insane. Um, With... I want to talk about Keontae just for a second. Yeah, let's do. Um, I'm look. I'm reading on KSL about this game, and it says Keontae hit nine three pointers in this game. Yeah. Which, when he hit his eighth one, that was a Jazz rookie record. He passed Donovan Mitchell for most threes in a game by a Jazz rookie. Yeah. Donovan tweeted at him too. Yeah. Yeah. Him. Donovan tweeted at him, mm-hmm. and then he hit his ninth three, which ties the record for any rookie in any team. Um, I don't know if you know these names, but the record was previously held by Yogi Ferrell. Mm. Shout out to him. Yo. Played for the Mavericks oh, in 2017. And Roderick Bebois, Bebois mm, from him. France. Don't I remember him as well, but he hit nine in 2010. Interesting. He played for the Mavericks at one point. I don't know if he was a rookie there. Oh, so. Yeah. So he tied the record. So it is an NBA record, not just a jazz record. That's so sweet. Wondering. I wonder, looking at the 9 for 16, he took more threes than, he took twice the amount of threes than Steph Curry. (laughs) Wild. Steph Curry didn't have a great game. No, he didn't. Shot 28%. Only 16 points, which tells you how good Steph Curry is if we're saying that's a bad game, because that's, Mm -hmm. he's just an incredible talent. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Keontae had three steals too. That's something you love to see. I love to see that. Yeah, good game for him. Lowry, I thought, played pretty well. Yeah, this was the game where he didn't shoot as well, right? Four for 11 from three, six for 23 from the field. So him and Curry weren't the ones balling this game. It was other people. I'm loving this from John Collins to 18 and 13. That's kind of what we talked about earlier in the season, the role he could play, just be our double-double guy, get rebounds and, you know. Yeah, it seems like we've had a progression with Keontae throughout the season where... First, his career high was like 20-something points. Mm-hmm. Next, his career finally got 20, and then it was like 25. Now 33. Maybe, do you think he could get to 40 this season? I could see it. I mean, it's interesting to me, looking at this box score, Jordan Clarkson played 33 minutes but only took eight shots. So I wonder, game plan-wise, if that's kind of the game plan, is just get the ball to Keontae. Not like every player. I mean, this game he's hot, so definitely. Yeah, I could see it, you know, they're trying to give him more opportunities. I could see it. Yeah. Um, what do you think What do you think Keontae's ceiling is? Do you think he could be a... Um, Will Hardy team? had some interesting comments on this. Did he? I don't know. I'm paraphrasing, of course, but I was reading. Um, it talked about how he has given Keontae the, the big green light to shoot as many shots as he wants. Interesting. So there's no limit to how many shots they're willing to give him. He can shoot as many threes as he'd like. (laughs) I think uh, he's one of the best young shooters, uh, young rookies for shooting that there is in the NBA. And so who knows, maybe he could become one of those top-tier shooters like Trey Young or Damian Lillard. or I'm not going to say Steph Curry because he's on his own realm, but I think he could shoot really well if he keeps – practicing and just keeps being a being a dog with it, being in the gym and shooting as many shots as possible yeah honestly i totally agree i think i honestly don't see why he couldn't become like this is kind of a lazy comparison because it's the jazz but i he could be a donovan mitchell type player 
but uh, but even if he's not as good of a maybe scorer, less athletic in better finishing. defender though, and mm-hmm. so that's that was kind of the big thing we saw with Donovan at the end of his time in Utah was struggles defensively. So if he could become even a seventy five percent of the score that Donovan is and and a better defender, that's that's a good piece for the Jazz to have. If he could just be a lights out shooter and hustle on defense, yeah. love it. Yeah, love it, love it. Him, him and Markin in pick and roll but partners uh-huh. too and he's already shown he's a good passer uh, absolutely um, yeah no I'm I'm just seeing good things hopefully a good future for him yeah. the green light to shoot doesn't always work out th- with 33 points either <laughs> if we gave Talon Horton Tucker the green light to shoot I think we would uh, oh he'd get he'd get 40 he did last <laughs> year so. that's <laughs> probably on like 50 shots so it'd be like a Kobe's last game type of deal yeah. probably no he could get he got 40 last year because yeah, of that he I got the green he light but I like yeah. it for Keontae for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that kind of leads into our player of the week a yeah. little bit. I don't know if we have the same one, Probably but not, yeah. just because we were already talking about him, I had Keontae. Oh, nice. Just because of the record that he got and yeah. just this great game against the Warriors. And we already talked about how he's been hustling and putting in more effort on defense. So I gave it to him this week. Nice. I like that. My player of the week, um, I was going to pick Keontae because of that, but I decided to pick uh, John Collins. Um, he hasn't right. been like going crazy, obviously, but there's just been a lot of games recently where he's just you know, gotten a very quiet 20 and 15 or, or 18 and 13 in this last game, and I just love the role that he's carved out for himself in our offense. Mm-hmm. And he's just a quiet guy. Like he's not. Op- he's he gets not- a lot of rebounds. Yeah, and he's not like for sure. As far as we know, he's not complaining. Like he doesn't worry about getting more points or more shots. Or he's just playing his role. And you know, the turnover was kind of unfortunate. But I think yeah. overall, he added value to our team this week. Yeah, I think I said it last week because I had him for my player of the week last time. Yeah, I like him re- for his rebounding and offense. Absolutely. I need to see more defensively. Yeah, it's his weakness right now and it's if he can figure out figure things out defensively I think he's got that starting center spot a little bit more locked up but because he can't that's I want to see Kessler more against some of these bigs that Mm -hmm. we go up against um almost every night we go up against some um all-star or borderline all-star big and John Collins can't handle that so no he can't I'm not loving the whole as far as he goes. I kind of wish he was just a tad more consistent from three, or just cut it out of this game. Like we don't really don't need. I like. I still threes, think him, him being able to be willing to shoot us. I think that's true. overall positive. This week was He's a struggle. I think he took like three per game and made like one all week or two all week. So it's you know I guess he's not terrible, but. It would just be nice if he was a little bit more of a threat. That could be an area where I wouldn't mind seeing him make some growth over the offseason between now and next year. But Yeah, he's been okay. Yeah. I haven't been too too mad with it. I think, let's see, for the season, for his three-point, let's look at that. He's averaging one made a game mm-hmm. on 1.2 made on 3.4 attempts, so 33%. Not amazing, but I think he was worse last year he was 29 percent, so not bad but definitely room for improvement yeah absolutely um only one game this week all-star weekends in full swing probably by the time you listen to this all-star weekend's probably almost over mm-hmm. but uh jazz made we'll talk in a few minutes about how they did last night some jazz guys jazz guys 
or Lowry tonight in the three-point contest, dunk contest. Not he won't be in the dunk contest, but dunk contest tonight. Mm-hmm. And the Sabrina versus Steph. So lots be of exciting. exciting things, yeah. And then we play the Warrior or the Hornets. I'm sorry on Thursday. What do you we think? do. I'm sp- actually going to this game with Ooh. some family. Nice. I gotta win. I think you the think Hornets so? are full tank and. Yeah. We're at home. Let's give, hopefully, I mean, I'll be there, so I'm being a little bit selfish <laughs> that I'm hoping for a win. Yeah. Whose tank's more empty is the question. And you, they just sold half their team with yeah, PJ. PJ Washington dropped like 37 or something last time, but he's not there anymore. Yeah. So I think no. we're good. Um, I'm going to say I put a loss. What? I agree with at you. At home? I agree with My you goodness. that they're in full tank. But I also think... Uh, yeah, I don't know. That, you can switch it if you want. That's just a, I think it's going to be a win. That's just a gut feeling for me. I could see it, uh, even though I don't know who's going to score for him, but I, I think it's going to be a loss, unfortunately. I don't know how to... It's going to have to be Brandon Miller, I think. Yeah. He's probably their best scorer. Yeah. No, selfishly, I'm really hoping for a win. Hornets suck. Yeah. Let's just... Plus, I got business. a gain on you in the uh, uh, record-wise. I think I'm five games back now, so I'll, I'll take a risk. <laughs> Go rolling the dice a little bit. Yeah. See if you yeah, see if we can it. get. I'll stick with it. Yes. I know in past episodes we've been wondering: Do we have our pick this year? Do we not? Mm-hmm. I was kind of under the assumption that we just wouldn't. Sweet. So you might be wondering: How did the Thunder even get our pick in the first place? Yeah, I'm sure the last time we <laughs> traded with them. So and this canter? I don't know. It was in. So you remember that season, the Jazz were the number one seed. We got knocked out yeah. of the playoffs. Uh-huh. That offseason, we traded Derek Favors oh, to the that's Thunder. Right. Okay. And the reason why is because we needed a little bit more cap room to yeah. re-sign Mike Conley. That's right. Yeah. And so we had to trade Favors to the Thunder, and we gave up a first-round pick mm. to shed the salary. So yeah. this is how that pick's protected. So okay. it's kind of confusing, so I'm going to try and explain it simple. But it's a top 10 protected pick this year. Okay. We're kind of on the bubble of that right now. I don't know where we are in the standings exactly, but we might get that pick this year if we're bad enough. But if we keep the pick, it moves on to next year and it's top 10 protected again. But if we're top 10 bad two years in a row, we get both of them. And then it moves on to a third year where it's top eight protected and the Thunder can try and get it a third time. So they get a shot at our pick three years in a row, but if we're bad all three years, we keep it all three years. So this is how that pick's protected. So it's kind of confusing, so I'm going to try and explain it simple. But it's a top 10 protected pick this year. Okay. So if the Jazz are top 10 bad Mm -hmm. and get a top 10 pick, we keep it. So we're kind of on the bubble of that right now. I don't know where we are in the standings exactly, but we might get that pick this year if we're bad enough. But if we keep the pick, it moves on to next year, and and it's top 10 protected again. So Mm. the Thunder, if they don't get it this year, the Thunder are going to try and get it next year. But if we're top 10 bad two years in a row, we get both of them. And then it moves on to a third year where it's top eight protected, and the Thunder can try and get it a third time. Interesting. Does that make sense? I explain it. Yeah. So they get a shot at our pick three years in a row, but if we're bad all three years, we keep it all three years. Hmm. I was just looking at the standings, and right now there's seven teams in the East and six teams in the West who have worse records than us. So that would put us at just outside of the 
to convey the pick. To would we be like 11 or 12, or where would we be? Around at? there, yeah. I mean, we'll lose some more games, obviously, so we'll probably move down a little. Yeah. But we're probably like, we're within range, yeah. Kind of interesting. Yeah, I've got us at 11. 11, okay. And interesting enough, the Houston Rockets don't have their pick either. Oh, interesting. The Thunder have their pick, of course. Oh, man, we're following <laughs> the Thunder model. <laughs> uh, Thunder are finessing everyone. Yeah. So we're actually like only two games behind, in, or we only have two more wins than the Rockets. And so we could easily drop down to number 10 and maybe get our pick. So yeah. we're right there on the bubble. We're 11. It's so interesting to me. I remember being a kid when, uh, right after the Darren Williams trade, when we kind of got a bunch of picks, we were getting younger. And I remember hearing somebody say that the Jazz were following the OKC model because that was the the OKC, Durant, Westbrook, Harden team. Mm-hmm. And it's funny that we're literally doing it again, like yep. a decade later. Pretty much. Loading up on picks just like they did. They're, they've still got a ton of picks left. Yeah. So Sam Presti and Danny Ainge are playing chess <laughs> yeah. while everybody else is playing checkers. Honestly, yeah, they, they must be good. And then ones. just real quick, I think it's interesting to know the other picks we have. So hopefully you understand our pick. Yeah. Top 10 protected, this and next year, and top 8. Yeah, so sense. we'll get if we're bad enough, we'll get all three. If we're good, we just won't get one of them. Yeah. For next year, or for this current 2024, we also got that Clippers pick in the late first round with the Olenek trade, yeah. and we also had the Wizards' second round pick for this year. Which is basically a late first. So yeah, like yeah. so we could maybe years. use that. Okay, yeah. next year, 2025, we've got our own pick and kind of that weird thing with the Thunder, mm-hmm. and then we got Cleveland and Timberwolves unprotected. We get them no matter what. So three picks, 2025, 2026... Same thing, weird thing with the Thunder with our pick. Yeah. Um, if we don't get our pick, I think we could still get Minnesota's. Yeah. But only one pick for that year is on this website. So, yeah. Okay, then we'll just real quick 2027, we can get three picks our own Cleveland and Minnesota, and a fourth pick because we traded Conley and Vanderbilt with the yeah. Lakers. We get the Lakers first round pick protected one to four in 2027 that's pretty good so i think lebron will be gone by then for sure yeah so we who knows what the lakers are going to be so if it's a top 10 and not top four we get that yeah that's a honestly i think that lakers pick might be one of the better ones we have yeah cleveland's picks could be really good depending on what happens with donovan mitchell yeah and timberwolves well they have anthony edwards but who knows if he's going to stay till 2027 apparently like Woj made a comment this week about how there's a good chance that Donovan Mitchell ends up in LA with LeBron but whoa I've never heard that uh he like I was thinking New York with the Knicks yeah I could yeah I wonder cap wise what they would I know he wants to be in New York is it I sometimes it's like what the only reason I believe it is because it's Woj Woj is just like the guy yeah I mean he's got sources but um it's interesting what makes him think that but I do think Donovan is a type that he wants to get a championship at yeah, some point. absolutely. So I don't know where he'll go. He's a winner, for sure. Yeah. So it is interesting. I think that Lakers pick will be pretty good. Hopefully not too good, because then we won't get it, of course. Yeah. But, um... So we do have a lot of assets moving forward. We also have yeah. an extra Timberwolves pick in 2028. So, yeah. yeah. So we got two... One, maybe two picks this year. Three picks in the next. Two, one... 
four and two. My so goodness. we got a lot. So insane. So finally, hopefully that helps everyone to understand yeah. where we are with those. And I also see those as being potential. Just we trade those picks for a star that yeah. wants out. Yeah, we've so. got a ton of, I mean, you think about Lowry's already who he is. He could be a multiple time all-star by 2026, 2027. Mm-hmm. Keontae could develop into that. Walker Kessler's already kind of been at that level. He's going kind of a little slump this year, but... But if we have those three guys, like, developed by then, pretty good. Keontae is only, like, 19. Yeah, and then we get 20. the Lakers or Celtics pick, or, I mean, not Celtics, Cavaliers picks, a couple lottery picks, so we add those on top. The Jazz could be looking very good in, yeah. the, in the next three or four would, years. Would you, if you were to go back, would you still accept both the Gobert and Mitchell trades, or would you have wanted to keep one of them? Oh, that's a, that's a hard one. I think the the Mitchell trade, in hindsight, is a no-brainer. The picks we got, also we got Lowry yep. and Colin Sexton. He's and Ochai did great things for us. He got us a first-round pick, too? Yeah, absolutely. This like, year? He, you know, I'd, if it was him alone, obviously he wouldn't, but, like, he just added on. Um, the Gobert trade, I would 100% would do again. That, really? Just the amount of picks... You don't, you don't think Lowry and Gobert together would have been dominant? Oh, that might have been. <laughs> I just get, I get rid Gobert of Walker Gobert Kessler, too. throw Gobert in this team. Woo. I love Gobert. I he, think we'd be a top he's four. He's proving seed. his value this year with the with the Wolves. I think just defensively, he might win another Defense Player of the Year. I think this he's year. the top uh, yeah. top guy right now. Yeah, I love Gobert. But six picks is hard to pass. I know, on. I know. But the Timberwolves might be good, so they might just not be that yeah. great. Vanderbilt was Vanderbilt and Beasley were nice pieces too, even though they helped us get that Lakers pick. Yeah. So, so I don't know. I I kind of fantasize. I I want. I don't think I would keep Gobert either. I think yeah. I would take those picks and what we got back because yeah, Gobert is also making a lot of money. Yeah. But. Gobert and Markkinen together would have been pretty crazy. I think we could yeah. have been like a top four seed easily. I, and, and we would add Sexton too. So yeah. Sexton, uh, Clarkson, mm-hmm. maybe we kept Royce in there yeah. at the three, and then Markkinen and Gobert. Yep. Woo! That would have been a, Keontae, been a crazy team. Keontae, I believe, team. wasn't that... We probably still would have got Keontae too because he wasn't either Cavs. No, he was our pick. I he think. was our pick, yeah. So we still would have got Keontae, theoretically. Theoretically, Keontae, Sexton, uh, either Royce or, like, uh, who'd be at the three? Um, Joe Ingles. Joe Ingles, yeah. And Markin and Gobert. Yeah. Be a pretty good team. Oh, man, it's it's so rough. I <laughs> The whole Gobert storylines are so interesting to me, too, because he just, for some reason, the whole NBA has just got it in their head that like they keep talking about how people would plan for Gobert in the playoffs, but it's like the funny thing to me about that is that like plenty of teams have centers who can't switch onto guards. Like lo- like the Clippers, Zubak can't guard most of these athletic guards, so why don't teams do it against them? Like Yeah. And it's because he's got better defenders around him. And I'm not saying it wasn't Gobert could have played better in this series. But he's a, when he's switched onto guards, he hasn't even been that bad. No, he's not. So so it's it's just interesting that that's that was the storyline. I w- I love seeing Gobert with the good athletic guards, like defensive guards around him right now. Like mm-hmm. I wish the Jazz could have put that around him because we could have been a really. I mean, Conley wasn't too bad. That's true. 
Donovan was so, supposed to be a good defensive player. Yeah, his moments got drafted. Yeah. So Royce was a couple times was mentioned as a good defender. He's probably our best one. Yeah. At the moment. Yeah. But it's kind of interesting. Really I just thought that was interesting to think about. Yeah. But I guess maybe just we could jump into NBA news. Yeah, let's do. So just there's not a whole lot to talk about, but mm-hmm. last night we had the Rising Stars. Not a whole lot happened with Kessler and Keontae. Nope. I'll be honest, it was kind of boring to watch. I, I was I was excited because I like watching All-Star Weekend, yeah. but it wasn't that exciting. No. <laughs> it's all right. I thought Keontae might do more. I, I knew Kessler. Kess- All-Star games aren't made for centers like no. Kessler. Um, Benedict Matherin played really well. I know he's Yeah, good game. for him with being in Indiana. I thought he played really well, yeah. Also, the celebrity game. That was fun. Our boy Puka Nakua. Oh, yeah. He had like two dunks. A tomahawk dunk, and yeah. he had two dunks. Yeah. Uh, low key MVP. His team won, but yeah. Micah Parsons had like 38 points, mm-hmm. so he got it. Yeah, he had, he had the four point shot, too, the, with behind that one. Oh, line. he did. He, he nailed that. Yeah. yeah. I thought the LED floor was kind of cool. Did you see that? Yeah. It's like what a TV on the floor. Yeah. I Do you that think they cool. should pull that out for the All Star game too? I think I think it's kind of fun. I mean, I thought they were trying to do too much with it. Like they had the the floating star that was worth six points, <laughs> and then they also had the crunch time button that was double points. And I was like, I thought it was a they little. They also had much, but... like five minutes where three of the players were on fire and they oh, had like yeah. a little fire trail following them. I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, Richard Jefferson on the broadcast talked about how it's like NBA Jam, which is before yeah. my time, but uh, I think it's fun. I it think they, fun, yeah. if they're going to try stuff out, do it in the celebrity game when nobody's paying attention. Yeah, honestly, yeah. That, that's the kind of stuff you could do to make it more competitive, too. Yeah. It seems like players are motivated by charity, and you could do some stuff to make that more fun, I think. so. Yeah, it was good. Also yeah. good to see our good old BYU's alma mater. Yeah. Putin Puka. Yeah, maybe you, maybe he should have played basketball while he was here. Who knows? Honestly, did you see how he got added to the lineup? Yes. The Pat McAfee show. Mm-hmm. It was pretty funny. He, like, he was Pat McAfee's replacement or something. Well, the, did you see like live on his show when they added him? No. I didn't. Was, so Pat McAfee, they started talking about Puka and how he played ball like in the offseason stuff. Yeah. And, um, and they were like, why is he not in the celebrity game? And so... They called an ESPN executive live on air. <laughs> they FaceTimed him. I can't remember what the executive's name is. And they said, hey, why is Puka not on there? And the executive's like, he's on there now. And he added him right there, like no questions asked. Oh, uh, that's so cool. I'll have to watch. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a good clip. But anyway, it's kind of interesting. Pat McAfee loves Utah. Yeah, he does. In a weird way. Him and Kyle Van Noy and Ryan Smith. He's friends with Ryan, yeah, Ryan Smith, Smith, too. Kind of fun. Last little piece of trade news that we've heard about this week Apparently LeBron's name was floated a little. Oh my goodness. So there's some rumors that the Warriors reached out and both Lakers and LeBron turned it down. And then also, I think this one's funny, Daryl Morey of the Sixers reached out and Rob Palenka told him, asked them about Joel Embiid in return (laughs) and that was the end of the conversation. Yep. (laughs) Kind of interesting. That's the first time. I mean, I've ever hey, heard LeBron, LeBron. LeBron was wearing a Knicks towel. He definitely yeah. wants out because of that, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll take as much drama as we can in <laughs> yeah, LA. He tweeted a sad emoji, so he must be. Oh my goodness. Unhappy, right? <laughs> yeah, no. Totally an overreaction. <laughs> yeah. But it is fun to drop at LeBron trade and yeah. think what what could be given up. I saw pe- 
people talking about the Knicks could trade Julius Randle and like another guy or two to get LeBron. But yeah. it's yeah, it's just it's just fantasy. It is, yeah. That's it's funny because like in 21 years, that's the first time I've ever heard a LeBron trade rumor. Like that's just he's just such a colossal piece that would be so hard to trade. And yeah. I guess now he's at a level he can be traded. I don't know, <laughs> or maybe not. It didn't work, so maybe not. I also saw the notification that says the Lakers were very open to drafting Bronny if he's available. Oh, I did see that too. Yeah. <laughs> so they're trying to keep him in whatever yeah. way they can. Yeah. Apparently. Something I also heard was that LeBron wanted them to make moves at the deadline, and the Lakers uh, didn't put in much effort. I don't think there was very much they could have gotten. No, so I'm, so I'm okay with it. But if you got LeBron there, you got to make him happy. Yeah, I also think I'm a big LeBron guy, so of course I'll never hate on LeBron. But I also think if you're the Lakers, eventually you have to put your foot down. Like they've traded almost all their picks for the next five or six years, mm-hmm. trying to keep LeBron happy, and like. I if you're the lake if this were the Jazz, and LeBron is on the Jazz, and we traded all our picks, at some point you have to realize he's not going to stay that much longer, and you have to play basketball after he leaves. So you can't you can't keep trading yeah. picks. And it's different for LA though, because you always are going to get somebody true. to come sign for LA. So yeah. even if LeBron's gone, you get free agents. That's true, but you can't just wager your whole future. Yeah, because you still need picks. So. Anyways, uh, good for them putting their foot down. Yeah, I mean, LeBron's got his no-trade clause, so he's never going to get traded unless yeah. he wants it. So It's true. It's true. He's one of the greatest of all time. It's so. true. One of. Yes. I think that's all we have to talk yeah. about today. We'll, we'll plan on next week for the next episode. We'll yeah. maybe briefly review All-Star Weekend. Let's do it. Uh, maybe just if there's any news that comes up there. And, yeah. of course, we'll, we'll keep you locked in with the Jazz moving forward for the rest of the season. we still mm-hmm. got half a season, yeah. a little less than half a season to go. Got some time, yeah. Yeah, there's lots of exciting things. You know, interestingly enough, we did talk about some losses today. That's probably what we'll do for a lot of the rest of the season. Yeah. But there's a lot of exciting things happening. Keontae's breaking records. Maybe he'll break some more mm-hmm. records. So Yeah, we, we got that whole deal with the with our pick. Yeah. See if that happens and see Absolutely. how this team grows. Absolutely. Thank you all for tuning in. We appreciate your support. And we invite you, like always, share it with a friend. Invite somebody else to join the conversation about the jazz. Uh, it helps us and, and hopefully helps you to know more about the jazz. Yeah. So. yeah, I know President's Day is coming up, so maybe you could listen to this while you're yeah. sleeping in or <laughs> whatever you I don't know what people do on President's Day just your day off yeah absolutely well, cool. well, thank you all for tuning in and take care peace